Hello and welcome to the commentary for The Kingery, Season 3, Episode 8. This uh, show is being released January 1st, 2010. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to Renee Christine Jones, who wrote this episode and is with me on the commentary. Hello, everybody. Um, Joel Rowan, who was the assistant director for this episode, was not able to be with us today. Sorry about that, but thanks to Joel for the um, help that he gave me in creating this episode and um, also the last episode. And thanks very much. Joel is moving over to work on Star Wars Blue Harvest. Wow. uh, And unfortunately, I was never able to get Joel on a commentary while he was assistant directing on The Kingery. But maybe someday he will be on a commentary over at... um, Blue Harvest, and people will be able to hear him there. Congratulations, Joel. Yeah. Um, the title of this episode is Equal and Opposite Reaction. Yeah. Renee, would you like to tell us a little bit about what that means and where uh, that came from? Uh, well, la- last time it was uh, Forward Momentum, which I thought this, it, the, the plot lines that I had physics. to deal with. Right. The problems I had to deal with actually were about like moving forward and now it's the it's the the physics thing is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So that's what I thought, you know, uh equal and opposites and things like that. So that's where the title came from. So All right. very physics type thing. Yes. And in the previously, we just heard the first character get killed of the entire season. So, Renee, you're the first uh, writer to kill a character this season. Awesome. How's, how's that? Is that great? I, I, I feel honored, really. Okay. All right. I don't think it's going to be the last character who dies this season. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. And in the previously, the music that we heard was Not the Bang We Were Expecting by David Alexander McDonald. And now we're listening to a scene uh, containing Shimizu, uh, played by Michael King, Tommy, played by Pete Milan, and Major, played by M. Sierra Garcia. And Joel Rowan cut the dialogue for this scene together. And the sound that starts this episode is Ingar falling to the ground. So she's pretty tough because she's been standing on her feet for an entire month while she's been shot. And she just now died, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, a lesser woman would have gone to the hospital. Yes, right, but not Ingar. No, no, of course not. All right, and the music playing right now is Ned Stomper by David Alexander McDonald. <laughs> I thought that was um, that would be good because, you know, we just had that, like, knee in the groin thing, and I tried to add a little splat sound in there. I'm not sure that... Well, you can um, go back and listen to the episode and see if you can hear the little splatter sound there. That is so wonderfully appropriate. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it's very aggressive music. And I thought it was really appropriate for this scene. Yeah. And then we had Major almost shooting Tommy. Um, Yeah. That's what just happened there. And now they've run to the shopping mall and they're sort of like at the end of the alley there's a shopping mall and the music changes to a song called Beach by David Alexander McDonald Ah. and that just sounded like shopping music to me it it does I was going to ask yeah yeah Yeah. and I love uh, M. Sierra Garcia's performance here of How Your Jewel's Doing 
I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, I tried to think of what would, because because all the outline said is Shimizu gets away. And I thought, what exactly would Shimizu have to do in order to get away? Right. Yeah. So. Right. So now we're listening to Tommy, Pete Milan, and Francesca, Melissa Johnson. And the music in the background is The Moon Lounge by David Alexander MacDonald. And we've got some nice acting going on here. And I wanted to say that... Um, when at the end of this scene, uh, Tommy says, uh, "I have a date with an ice pack," and I just wanted it, wanted to say that was an ad lib, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked that. I was never very happy with the line I wrote, but I'm very happy with what he ad libbed. So yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Speaking of things that were not quite right, what did you think was the hardest thing to write, and what was the easiest thing to write in this? script oh lord um there the the scene towards the end uh with uh uh with um uh mrs arkell and major was fairly difficult oh uh-huh yeah. um there were some issues with the last scene that he, once the 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 once the bumps were hammered out, it wasn't so hard. But the second-to-last scene, that one was very difficult to deal with. It was <sighs> clunky a little bit, but only because it is a very uncomfortable scene, and I wanted to pull out the fact that that is very uncomfortable. Right, right. Um, I thought... Major was one way, and the rest of the writers disagreed with me. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, rather than argue my point, I thought, you know what? These people have written Major before me, so I will just go with it. Yeah. Plus, it's it's not a it's not a personal thing. It's yeah I have to congratulate you though on on this scene it, it came it, you go, you and uh Pete Milan were like right out of my head oh fantastic <laughs> oh that's great and uh also kudos to Joel Rowan for cutting the dialogue together in this scene and uh so, Hooks, that's me, Perry Whittle, and we've got Olivia, played by Tracy Hall, and Isabella, played by MJ Cogburn. They come in. Um, they laugh a little bit in the middle. Um, let's see, the music behind this scene is Angel and Ape. And Joel and I added a couple little gasps from Hooks when we heard Pete's really excited takes, when Pete is jumping up out of his chair and stuff like that. Yeah. We thought, oh, you know, Hooks, Hooks has to be startled or frightened by this. Yeah. Um, Pete's uh, and no whores was an ad lib, unless you like the whores. But one of my favorite phrases from the entire episode was that thing about a three-legged dog. <laughs> I love that. And my favorite ad lib, my first and most favorite ad lib is when um, Tommy says, loyal, honest, uh, neckerchief. That was which, mine, too. Yes. Was written as loyal, honest, always prepared, etc. But I like the neckerchief thing. Yeah. 
And then I, uh, Tommy's description of what Francesca will do to you is, it was a, <laughs> a big, long ad lib, and we decided to fade out on that. His ad libs are brilliant. Aren't they great? Yeah, they are. Tremendous. So now we're in the cop shop, or uh, Madeline Gray's office at the police station, and, of course, the police station doesn't have a budget to have background music, so sorry. No background music by David Alexander McDonald. What we do have is we have Madeline Gray, who's played by Alicia Lane Matheson, and we have The Computer, which is played by Michael Liebman, and we have Grant Statton, who's played by Russell Gold. And everybody's doing a great job there. I really liked uh, Michael Liebman, who does a really good job with long lines, because you wrote some really long lines about um, all the drugs and all their names and everything. Yeah. Uh, I named the uh, drug. They have like several names for this specific drug. So the clinical names I named uh, I named them after all the writers of the Kingery. Right. <laughs> so myladrine is for myelin. Yes. And yes. Susan and Jeffrey have to share Brigidex. Yes, they do. They do because you know. Jeffedex and Susan Ben didn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the street names, I named them with, like, what I thought the drug would do to the human body. Uh-huh. This may or may not come in handy at any time, but... You know, Where was Detective Gray's personal reported it's fun. before entering the show? Maddie's like father the is allergic to Pete Mylan. So. <laughs> I like the fact that both whiteout and blackout were uh, synonyms for the same thing. I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I re- and I really like this idea of personal reported position. Every time I hear that, I think that you know the cops have to learn the jargon for PRP. You know that yeah. personal reported position would become PRP, and everybody would talk about their PRP. And it's just one of those three-letter acronyms that you know we're addicted to these days. Yeah. So that's good. So what was the easiest thing that you had to write in this? episode um the scene between um francesca and uh tommy Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh just i've i've been that girl who tries to get the guy to be distracted from his you know what he came in to do Uh and the line you know stop being so damn alluring yeah. was actually spoken to me, so I decided to use it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, Major has one of my favorite lines in this one. Yeah. Good. Uh, the, the, the line about a meatloaf. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, well, maybe you don't know this, but my motto is steal from the best, so I stole that, and... Um, I, I saw guess, that. I guess this is a spoiler, but that phrase is going to be in the next episode. Uh, you know what? I was very flattered. You know, imitation is the highest form Good. of flattery. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, and I don't think I was imitating. I think I was just stealing. So oh, okay. That's, that's got to be even higher. <laughs> yeah, it is. You just steal it. It's great. 
So well, it, it ties the two episodes together. And yes. Yes, I'm, I think that's one of the things that I try to do is tie, tie stuff together and steal little bits and pieces from other episodes. Yeah. So here we're listening to Sylvia Arkell, played by Fiona Thrale, and Major, played by M. Ciro Garcia, and they are both fantastic. Uh, both in general and in specific in this scene. Uh, the yes. music is Danza by David Alexander MacDonald, a lovely little piece of chamber music, sort of, well, sort of woodwind chamber music with orchestral backing. Um, and I've been looking for a place to use it for a long time, and this seemed like the right place. It seemed to sort of set a sort of uh, cultured... Um, uh, cultured... Um, scene sort of on the surface but then underneath the surface there's all this other uh, stuff going on and um, yeah just go I would just encourage everybody to go back and listen to the scene again and listen to Fiona and M's performances here because they're great yeah and I like that right, right here Sylvia is um she has tricked Major into doing exactly what she wanted, even though Major said she wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And I just say, oh, that's Sylvia. Yeah, well, she's a very smart woman. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And I love this line. I think it's great from Fiona. And I also think that uh, Sylvia is even scarier when she's happy than when she's angry. When she's yeah. happy, you really have to wonder what the heck is going on. Yeah. And just the, 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 the venom and the, the, just the, the, the threat that's veiled behind calm is just, oh, makes you shiver. And I love, how about a top-up on that coffee? That was my second favorite ad-lib in this entire episode. Yeah. Thank you, Fiona. And now we go and we have some more fun. Um, welcome to the cast, Shane Nolan, who plays Devi. Uh, this is her first episode, and she's drugged out and um, doing a great job performing as yeah. a drugged-up Devi. And we've also got uh, Tracy Hall playing Olivia and MJ Cogburn as Isabella and Melissa Johnson as Francesca in this scene. And the music is Gun Mall Fantasia by David Alexander MacDonald. And so we're starting to hear through, dr through um, Devi's drugged up ears. Yeah, the, the laughter of the girls coming through and it's not just drugged up but also like coming down like hard and I was trying to write it so that it it was like I'm not sure how but the, the girls sound very irritating so yeah and I liked the getting higher and shriller yay Perry <laughs> good, good I'm glad you liked because you had it there in the um, in the script and so I we can watch Hope that I what I came up with would work for you. So yeah, I'm glad you like that. Yeah, when you're coming down off of something, it's everything is really really irritating. Yeah, it's like 
nails on a chalkboard. Oh, and here you come. Am I there? Well, the, first they have to walk Debbie into Hooks's office. Yeah. So she. Yeah. Oh, I took one this morning. I took one. And then the scene with uh, with Hooks. That's Perry Whittle. That's me. Um, Joel Rowan again cut the dialogue together for that scene also. Yeah. yeah. And I'm afraid I gave him a very hard time because I'm never happy with my performance. And when I <laughs> when I cut the dialogue together myself, I go. Uh, oh, that was terrible, but, well, it's the best thing I've got, and so there it is, and I'm done. But when somebody else cuts it together, then I'm always asking questions like, don't you have a better take than that? I sound like I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> you, so don't, you don't everybody direct has to feel that you're in? Huh? You don't direct scenes that you're in? I find it somewhat difficult. But then, so then I make my assistant director do it, and then my assistant director finds it very difficult. Not because it's difficult to cut, but because they have to answer all my whiny questions. <laughs> Don't you have anything better than that for me? And they have to find a diplomatic way to say, no, Perry, this is the best take you gave us. So, yeah. So everybody has to um, feel sorry for Joel and congratulate him for negotiating that minefield <laughs> did you add anything significant to the outline that you received and and if so what uh, no I tried to stay very within the guidelines of the outline um, I I think the, the thing that I added from the outline was that uh, it, how the cleaner got into Hook's desk I think that's about it. I tried to stay very true to the outline being is that these were my first two scripts that right. I had to write. So I had I tried to stay very very clean within the outline without going outside too much. Um, I gave Madeline Gray's uh, the there was more there's a little bit more clues as to what happened to her father. Um, right. He didn't have his PRP. He did he took a drug that he knew he was allergic to, you know, um, I gave the, the, the store that he was found shot at, um, a name, Valentine, Valentine jewelry. Um, I, you know, I just put a little more spin onto things that already existed. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was very, very effective. Well, thank you. You're certainly welcome. Thank you very much. And so right now we hear Bruce Busby reading the credits beautifully. Yes. As always. And that's it for a month. So I'll be back in a month. Um, Renee, you've written your two scripts for this year, and thank you very much. You're welcome. And next up, it's me. It's just you. It's the, it's the Perry Whittle Show next month. So, I'll talk to everybody in a month. Thanks, and bye. Bye.